Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I, uh, I really don't know what to do with myself when the Leafs don't play during the week. I feel like just something's off. Something's off in my week. At least you got the Raptors. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Score! Johnny Toronto! I wonder if they can hear it on Long Island. Two on all. Riley Rostovic. Great save by Anderson. Riley stayed on side. The late man Matthews. Great move. What a goal. Matthews flipped it up for Marner. Mitch Marner centering. Hyman to the net. Scores! He took fast down and his shot trapped him in the corner of the ring. All right, here we go. Episode 31 of Not Another Leafs podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network at Ken Stapon at McCarthy 95 at LeafsPod. And a reminder that Not Another Leafs podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. March's biggest tournament is finally here. We do not know who will be cutting down the nets at the end, but we do know there will be no shortage of madness at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting the customers in the center of the action. Bet $4 on an underdog, win $256 if they win. It's that simple. Turning $4 into $256 is 64 to 1 odds. Every dollar you bet could turn into $64. Pick one of the many select college basketball underdogs for your shot at winning two. $256 and all it takes is one $4 bet. There's no better way to put your college ball basketball knowledge to the test than to put your money on the line and your and your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if college basketball isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on golf, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. What do we want you to do? Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $4 into $256 if the underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset. That's code THPN to turn $4 into $256 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. BMAC, what's up, brother? Kenny, doing well, man. I had to do the inevitable yesterday and go and get the uh, teeth cleaned. Not uh, not my favorite, but... Uh, That's nobody's favorite. No, I know. But luckily, uh, Fujiki Dental in Ajax, there's a phenomenal main doctor, and he's a huge 
Leaf fan. Well, I, I guess you can't really say doctor. They're doctors, <laughs> we chatted, kind we of, right? chatted a lot about the Leafs while you were in the chair. He, I man, hate it when... He, he started it, and I just get into it, but I also can't really say much when I have all the utensils in my mouth. But he's going off about, like, what do you think about, uh, you know, Felino? Like, he could be a good pick, right? Like, a good addition to the top six. I'm just like, dude, like, we're going to have to just, like, go get a coffee. We're going to, like, I can't talk Leafs and have all this crap in my mouth, all right? Like, That's the most frustrating thing about going to the dentist is when you have a chatty dentist oh. who just wants to talk to you the whole time. And I'm like, man, like, A, I just want to get this over with and get the hell out of here. Yeah. B, I can't have any sort of, you know, like, cognizant, copacetic conversation right now anyways because every time you want to hear what I'm saying, you just have to stop what you're doing. So I'm just like, shut it down and just do it. Yeah, I'm just like, uh, I, I, I guess so. Like, like, like. Okay, man, I, I know you're just dying for conversation and leaf <laughs> chats here, but, you know, like, he's like, and as he left, he's like, we should do a podcast, man. I'm just like, sorry, sorry, yeah, we found, can have a, found a we guy. Can, we, we can have him on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyways, quiet week for the Leafs, obviously. They haven't played since we last recorded. First, uh, they're back in action on Friday in the back-to-back against the Calgary Flames, but still a couple things in the news for this team. Uh, let's start off with Jimmy VC getting sent down through the waiver wire and gets snapped up by the Canucks. What's your take on VC playing uh, across the country now? Well, it's too bad for, for Jimmy VC, but I mean, look at as potent as the Maple Leafs <laughs> lineup is up front. Your take, your take is that sucks that he has to play for the Canucks now. Well, yeah, I, I mean, that that kind of blows too for him. But I mean, look at with with how it was going for him production-wise, it, it wasn't as what the Maple Leafs brass and Keefe expected and that's really the nature of the business. You're going to get snipped if you're not performing to, to a certain standard. But this also makes way for a different complexion in the lineups. I mean, Alex Galchenyuk, more than likely, Kenny, is going to play this weekend, which would be great to see, likely sliding into that uh, second line with Tavares and Nylander. I could almost 100% confirm that we will see Galchenyuk this weekend. Yes! With, with VC leaving. Yes. I, I, like I, I don't see any way that that's not going to happen. To be quite honest, they just I haven't think confirmed it. Foregone conclusion. Yeah, but it's like you bring this guy in, and you certainly didn't bring him in to be buzzing around with the Toronto Marlies, unless you're like you want to take a run at the Calder Cup and you want a guy who can anchor your top line. Certainly, they brought him in with the intention of seeing if he's going to be able to jumpstart his career and give them some contributions at the NHL level. So obviously, that means that. Although he had a sh- short stint with the Marlies, I would be surprised if we didn't see him uh, crack the lineup this weekend. And I think it's about time. I mean, I only I've really watched one game of Galchenyuk when he was with the Senators. Played eight games with the Senators this year. He had one goal. But this is I think this is kind of kind of rein- reinvigorate that top six because Galchenyuk is still a, a, a like very good NHL player. I think he's just been tossed around too much. I think this is. I think this is going to be uh, a new opportunity for him, man. I really do. I well, really. It's do. like it, it remains. He's not going to be, gonna seen, be like. The, he's not going to be like the god, but I think he's just going to like change the like complexion of of the top six because I really okay, don't think Mikheyev is, is a top six guy. I think that this is like a little bit of a change of heart, though, based <sighs> off the fact that he's now wearing the blue and white for you, because we would not have defined him as a good NHL player earlier on this season. Like when he was playing for Ottawa or when he was got tr- traded to Arizona or when he got traded to Minnesota, we noted that he was a suitcase uh, before ultimately getting traded to Carolina and then ending up on Toronto's roster. He hasn't been a good NHL player. 
And that's why he hasn't been able to find a home, and that's why he's been doing the circling the wagons routine, just trying to crack somebody's lineup. The fact of the matter is is that he had to go down to the AHL, play some games with the Toronto Marlies against lesser competition to get his confidence back, and hopefully now he can contribute with the top with the big group. But I think this is the end of the line for Galchenyak. If he isn't, you know, figure out a way to light a fire under his ass, this could be his last opportunity in the NHL because he hasn't been a consistent or good enough NHL player. Yeah, and you know, he also didn't really have any good players to play with since leaving Montreal. So That's at least fair. in this way, Kenny, he's going to get to play with John Tavares, right? And, and whereas in in Minnesota, who is he playing with? I don't even it, know. It's a fair oh. point, but like at the certain point, like also at a certain point though, he was expected to hold that standard of when he scored 30 goals earlier on in the earlier on in his career. True. So, you know, if you're going to do that and you're going to come in pot 30 and it's a hard league to do that in, then that, that's going to be the bar and that's going to be the expectation. Everybody thought he was going to be able to contribute in a top six role consistently. And for whatever reason, I don't know if it's, you know, his habits off the ice or I don't know if it's between the ears, like what's going on. He hasn't been able to lock it in and make himself a consistent NHL player. And he better be careful here because I honestly think that this is probably his last ditch opportunity before he just gets busted either playing on the first line in the AHL for the rest of his career or gets sent over to Russia to be in the top line of some weird Saint team in St. Petersburg. That's true, man. This is one last hoorah for him. It's true. And I know I'm pumping his tires because now he is donning the blue and white. But again, a good, you know, a good place to be moved into and a good line to be moved into. So good we'll, opportunity. See what he, we'll see what he's got, man. A good opportunity here. Yeah. We'll likely see him in, in at least one of the Calgary games. And he was pretty he was pretty optimistic based off the fact that he's been able to practice with the Maple Leaf skill coaches. He's gotten a good opportunity to sort of shape his game and hone his game. I think that the Leafs, for you know, depending on what your side of the fence you're on, for better or for worse, have much more money to spend on those sorts of development coaches and off the ice, you know, regiments and and all that sort of stuff that can contribute to online success. So maybe just coming into a more established organization, no offense to the Carolina Hurricanes or the Minnesota Wild or the Arizona Coyotes, but I would imagine that's a little bit different walking into a facility with the Toronto Maple Leafs logo on the door, probably similar to what he was used to when he was walking into the facility with the Montreal Canadiens logo on the door. It's just a different feeling. It's a different pressure, but also it's just a much, much uh, more recognized organization and probably everything is conducive to that. And it's scary because I don't think Dubas is done. He's going to still be sniffing around. I'd imagine, you know, He's he's not with, done. He's definitely he definitely is not done. Dude. No, he's like, he's not done. His but, press conference earlier this week, he basically came out and said the Leafs are open for business and that he's open to trading a top prospect. Basically, like the only the only guy I'm like and I have to go back and listen again, but I think basically the only guy that's off the table right now and it's not even really off the table, it just would have to be a real woo offer is Rasmus Sandin. I would assume Nick Robertson is probably on the short list as well for guys that you don't want to trade. But outside of that, I think they're open to moving anybody. And if that I think, means, you know, they're Rodion Amarov, if that means, you know, Toby Niemela, if that means, yep. you know, Kakanen, if that means Timothy Lilligren, to be honest, I think is going to be yeah. on the table for this franchise to move. And people are bugging out on Twitter about that player. And I, I you, you and I have had this conversation in the past. I'm not sure why everybody has such an affiliation for this player who hasn't demonstrated to this point 
that he's able to contribute at the NHL level. I know he's just 21 or 22 years old, so you don't want to move on from a guy too early. I understand that. But he was drafted, what was it, five years ago now? 2017 first rounder, Kenny. Okay, so you show me show me Quinn Hughes, who gets drafted and gets plugged right into the Vancouver Canucks lineup as a first round pick and is able to contribute. You know, what he le- he leaves some stuff to be defired, desired defensively, I get it. But all I'm saying is that five years is a fair amount of time to know what you got. And either they think that he's going to plug in next year, certainly. Like, I would assume he has to get up to the NHL at some point, right? He just can't be keep playing top minutes at the AHL level. Like, why, why haven't we seen him? He hasn't been able to make a consistent, you know, obviously a consistent impression out of training camp and the preseason, whatever it is, to establish himself with the big club. Well, that's just it, man. He, he hasn't done enough at the big level to to earn the trust of the main coaching staff. Look, at this is a guy who should really effectively been able to, to crack this roster in, in 2019, the start of the 2019 season. I know we had a, a really uh, difficult start. I believe he was dealing with mono uh, in 2017, like before he was drafted. So that kind of like docked him down a few a you few notches in the draft. No, I've never had mono. But that's, that's I, how I, I found don't. out my girlfriend was cheating on me in high school. Yikes! Because I got mono, <laughs> and then Yikes. it's like, you, and then it's like you just find the only other people in the school that have mono, and then it's you know exactly what was going on. I I think he's probably the 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 next to get snipped. Like if if I'm looking at three guys right now in the Leafs, I know I've said on a previous pod that if it if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Personally, Brendan McCarthy is GM. I don't think there needs to be anything done drastically, but Dubis is is clearly on the move right now. So. If you want to get into it, Kerfoot, I think Nick Robertson is, is expendable, and Timothy Lilligren. You package something there, and you're going to get a good return. I don't think Tim, Timothy Lilligren will ever play full-time with the Maple Leafs. I, I think I think his, his time in Toronto or his time in the affiliate is coming to an end. Man, and I've heard some conversations behind closed doors of people – suggesting similar ideologies to this. And perhaps that's why, you know, I'm a little bit more cold on this prospect than, you know, other people who I see talking about it on Leafs Twitter. But for me, it's just, you know, at certain points, show me what you got. And I haven't seen enough from this player to understand what they have at this point or what they don't have. And, I, you know, you can't really wait around forever. It's like this team needs to win now. And the expectation, I think, is that this player should probably at this point either be contributing or ready to contribute at the NHL level. Now, take this with a grain of salt because if there's a good chance that they could not move a little grid and maybe he slots into their plans next year in the bottom six rule. Like, I don't know what Kyle Dubas has up his sleeve, but I certainly, the only two prospects that I would be surprised to see moved at this point would be Robertson and Sandine. Everything else is on the table for me. I think Sandine is untouchable. I, I I think he has the most promise, but I think anybody else like the, the Robertson, as you mentioned, Lilligren, it's got to be it. It's got to be they got to be expendable, man. They have to be if if they're if they're looking to acquire a, a, a big piece in the top six, a big heavy piece. You, you have to give up a, a, a top prospect and a first round pick, no doubt. Speaking of which, let's uh, bring back our one of our favorite segments from over the summer, the rumor mill. This story is totally bogus. What you heard was just an ugly rumor, and whoever started it should be ashamed of himself. Amen. Told you, spill. All right, as you were saying, you know, obviously Leafs Twitter is absolutely buzzing, and I believe it was on Tuesday evening that uh, some rando account tweeted out this trade. 
Uh, It's the Leafs and the Preds are close to a deal involving Ekholm with uh, salary retention and Granlund. The price point going the other way would be Kerfoot, Dermott, Lilligren, and a first. Uh, I threw this up as a poll on Twitter. Would you make this trade? 66% coming back and saying yes, while 34% say no. Where do you sit on this potential deal? Obviously, it hasn't come to fruition to this point, but Ekholm would certainly bolster the top six, or top four, rather, defense core for this team. And Granlund has been a a player that Nashville is ready to move on from. Uh, Obviously, a rental. He's going to be one of the most desired players here at the trade deadline. What do you think of this proposed trade? I think if this deal came on my desk, I would pull the trigger. Dermott has been unfortunately bad this year and it's a prove it year form he's making sub 900k he's had some awful turnovers a lot of mishaps timothy lilligren we've harped on him and harped on him enough he can go and kerfoot kenny is easily expendable i think he's been okay at points he's shown some good stints but for the leafs i yeah. mean matthias Ekholm a couple years ago was he, he, i think he was like top 15 for defensemen in points now he's not going to be giving that production or keeping that production afloat consistently now. But again, as you said, he would absolutely bolster the Maple Leafs top four. And, and Mikel Granlund, too, would, would be uh, would be a grit piece in the top six. And he could score, too. So that that uh, that mock trade, if you will, will uh, will certainly play in favor of the Maple Leafs. I look at this and I see Eckholm as being a very important piece. I also think an important part piece of this trade is that by trading for Eckholm yourself, you're keeping perhaps one of your division rivals, a.k.a. the Winnipeg Jets, from adding a piece like that that would certainly help bolster what's an area of need for that franchise is their, is their defense. It's it's the most poorest thing. They got the forward group we've talked about in ad nauseum. They have the goaltending. They need defensemen. Toronto, I think, probably needs a top six winger, someone who can slot in um, and give them a little bit more depth to play with either Matthews and Marner or Tavares and Nylander. I think both those lines with uh, one other guy on the left side would pack a little bit that packs a little bit of punch and then if you want to throw Hyman up there with whoever that's fine you can do that and then you sort of open up your depth a little bit more by making that trade I love the addition of Ekholm Granlund I'm not certain that this guy is going to be a difference maker when you look at what Kerfoot is able to do and what Granlund's able to do it's basically like a money in money out swap you get the money off the books at the end of the year if you're the Leafs because Kerfoot's still under contract, I believe, for a couple of years after this, at least through next season. So you get that money off the books. And then you're looking at trading, you know, Dermott, obviously okay, but then Lilligren as well. Even if you're not concerned, if you're looking at it and saying that you're not certain, like, what he is, it just seems like a high price point when you're basically going Kerfoot for Grandland and then you're giving up Dermott, Lilligren, and a first-rounder for Eckel. The price point seems high for one player. The one it thing does. is with Eckholm is that his contract goes through next season. So you would get him basically for two playoff runs. Also, though, something to consider for the Leafs is with the expansion draft looming, if you're going to be adding pieces like this, there's a chance that you could get your pocket picked for a player that you really like. Like Basically, like the with all the layouts that I've seen, it seems like Toronto is certainly going to go with the uh, four protect four for four. So that protects their top four forwards, and then they protect their top four D. And then that would leave anybody else exposed. So the 
pieces that would most likely be taken would be Kerfoot at this point. Uh, Hyman isn't signed, so he's not eligible to be drafted. And, it, you know, although Seattle could take him, he would be a UFA, so he could still go sign somewhere else. So I don't think that they would really try to do that. And I think that if you're Toronto, you probably try not to sign anybody until after the expansion draft, just so that you don't have to put them up to be taken off your books. And then on the back end, it would likely be Travis Dermott. But if you start adding these pieces in, then all of a sudden it gets a little bit more complicated. You know, maybe if you add Eckholm, then you add Justin Hall in there, who's on an affordable contract and has looked pretty good in your top four. Is that a player that you're comfortable losing? I think there's a lot more at play here, and I think that Dubis probably would prefer to get somebody for a little bit cheaper who can help just this year and then gets off their books. All right, let's go to around the league. All right, so it's all Calgary Flames watch right now as uh, Toronto is gearing up for that two-game set at the end of the week, Friday, Saturday, with Calgary. Uh, they've looked pretty good since Sutter took over behind the bench. I believe that would make them 3-1 and one despite their loss last night. They got blown out by the Oilers 7-3. to three. Sutter, I don't know if you saw his comments post-game. He was basically just like, he left Markstrom in there the whole game. And when the reporters asked him, he's like, I don't pull the goalie. And they're like, yeah. what do you mean? Yeah, I was covering like, that game like, last I, night, he's, man. He's like, I don't yank him. He's like, I just leave him in in there. He's like, he has to fight like everybody else. And, you know, sometimes it's not going to go so well. But he's like, I'm not I'm not doing it. I don't do mid-game goalie switches. Yeah, there was some pretty good post-game in that game yesterday. Matthew Kachuk basically saying, like, you know, when McDavid's on the ice and he's getting hot, like, good luck. And then Markstrom was really hard on himself. He swore in, in the post-game interview, which is always great to see. Good sound bites for Sports Center, Kenny. But well, that was as a, well. I yeah. think said that Toronto would be licking their chops based off of watching them just get blown out by the Oilers. Yeah, and Toronto's going to be like they they're going to be hungry this weekend. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, man. And earlier in the week, the right teams won. So at the end of tonight, or when we wake up tomorrow morning, Friday, we're recording this March eighteenth, Thursday. Uh, either Winnipeg or Edmonton could be tied with the Maple Leafs for top spot in the Scotia North with 40 points as both of the, those teams play tonight. So huge, huge tilt between the Jets and Oilers tonight because first place in the Scotia North is up for grabs. Edmonton has a couple of games in hand, though, so I don't really want to give them the true first place. I believe that would put them having played three more games than Toronto, and they would just be tying them in points. So I want to give them... The definitive right away. Winnipeg though is right on the back bumper. Yeah, right now. After and they've been playing really good hockey. You know they got the win last night, four three over Montreal. No Ealers again. Nikolai Ealers. Oh my goodness! And Italian Buck again, of course, in yeah. OT who bails them out with uh, the huge save, and then basically it goes the other way, and they get the game winner, and just shows you the value of this goaltender. Like my goodness. When you got it, it's like it's so easy to look over. But when you don't have goaltending like that, it's just like it's the biggest problem in the world. Um, let's skip away from the Scotia North for a second. An absolute gong show yesterday at Madison Square Garden. 9-0 Rangers over the Flyers. Nine My goals goodness. in just 40 minutes, Kenny. I, I was sitting next to the guy covering that game. I'm like, they got to score 12 at this point, man. Like, they were just... Mika Zibanejad had six points in the second period, tied an NHL record. Like, I, I thought they were going for at least 12. That That's was good. crazy. That's good for Zibanejad if he's had a yeah, little bit of a huge. down year this year. Because I believe it was right before the the uh, league shut down last year. Zibanejad had like five goals. 
He was wheeling and dealing last year. He was year. wheeling and dealing, and then obviously he hit a bit of a dry spell this year, and then he comes back, and I'll just put up six points in a period. Yeah, casual. Everybody good now? You want to pick me up in fantasy? <laughs> you remember You remember when no, everybody already had him in fantasy? It's like, you know, bless the guys who sat on him for that long and didn't end up finding him out. Remember when the Sens traded Zabanishan for Derek Brassard straight up? Yep. I remember that. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, I just <laughs> I just wanted to bring that up. Oh, yeah, he's, he's he's had a little bit of a down year, but uh, sticking in New York though, uh, Islanders captain Anders Lee out for the rest of the season, ACL surgery after um, he collision with I believe it was Pavel Zaka of the New Jersey Devils uh, last news. week. So yeah, bad news for the Islanders. He's a real heart and soul guy on that team. The good news for the Isles, I guess, is seven million bucks in cap space open up now that he gets moved to the LTIR. So. Uh, death taxes and Lou Lamorello making moves at the trade deadline for his group. I certainly expect the Islanders to be active with that 7 million bucks in cap space. That's just like a gift for Lamorello. I'm sure he'd rather have his captain in the lineup, but any port in the storm. And I would assume that he'll be uh, flexing to add to this group for a potential cup run. And surprise, surprise, the Vegas Golden Knights rally to make a three or four goal comeback to take it five, four. I got, I won't talk about too. Well, you know what? Pick up Mark Andre Fleury in fantasy. That's all I'll say because Everybody, he almost he, will guarantee if you, you don't dub. have him. Somebody has him, unless you're in like a four-team league. He's been incredible. I got Mike Smith, and he's be- playing better than Koskinen was playing for me. I didn't draft my goalies early enough, and I got in real trouble. Alex Ovechkin passes Phil Esposito with 718 goals in his career. He's sixth on the all-time list. It seems like this guy just keeps climbing the record books, BMAC, and That's I scary. would be. Yeah, it's it's like every other week, it seems like, he's passing somebody on the all-time goals list. And I guess once you start getting up to the upper echelons of the list, guy, it gets a little bit tighter, and there's less guys that you're going to be passing. So he's number six now. Uh, certainly feel like he'll have a good opportunity to climb up to number two, although I believe um, we're they were looking at the stats on overdrive earlier this week. I think uh, Gretzky at this point might be a little bit out of reach based off the fact that he's missed a ton of games. Ovechkin has, whether it's uh, shortened seasons due to the lockout, obviously the shortened season last year, the shortened regular season, the shortened regular season this year, eventually those missed games are going to catch up with you. And it certainly will with Ovechkin, who I believe is like he's about 160 goals short of Gretzky. Don't quote me on that number. It's not 100% accurate, but I believe that's the range that he's in to catch uh, Wayne for number one on the all-time list. Just uh, quickly, Kenny, some breaking news. Sabres cancel morning skate after a hockey staff member enters COVID protocols and the Bruins also canceled the pregame skate uh, after some players entered COVID-19 protocols. This seems to be a, a daily thing, but obviously that the necessary precautions that the league has to take. All right, since you just brought the Buffalo Sabres, <laughs> I assume that we're both going to be having uh, in the similar vein. Here, I'll go first. I'm going to go with Kevin Adams, uh, GM of the Buffalo Sabres. Obviously, I had to gas his coach earlier this week, who's been a it's been a tough run. I believe they're like 0-9 and 2 in their last 11 games. It's been a disaster. They got minus 18 or 20 goal differential through that stretch we've talked about it all the time on this podcast how buffalo has just been a train wreck this year 
Now Kevin Adams, the rookie GM, taking affirmative action, firing his head coach, and he's going to have his hands full trying to, A, apparently contain this potential second COVID outbreak, which you certainly hope that that doesn't happen to the team. It would just be such a disruption. And then, B, just figuring out who's going to be behind the bench long term. I know that his uh, second in command is going to be behind the bench now in the short term, one of the assistants in Buffalo taking over. But, man, it's been a just a complete disaster of a season for I thought this team might have a potential to push for a playoff spot early on in the year but they just haven't done anything no and I'm gonna stick with a what a awful team and I'll go with Steven Silas head coach of the Houston Rockets Kenny they've lost 18 straight games they just traded PJ Tucker to Milwaukee he was just like get me out of here right now everybody's like get me out of Houston right now Oh my goodness, what a disaster. If, if, if you're James Harden, you're probably... Remember that interview where he did that like famous eye glance at the reporter and as yeah. he asked a, a stupid last question? That is James right now. I mean, he chose the perfect time to left. He cho- Pardon me. He, he chose the perfect time to leave Houston, even though it was a little like murky when he left. But man, what a, what a disaster. 18 straight games. like, And you still got to complete this like heavy chunk of the, the schedule still. I mean... Boy, Silas is definitely having a few pints. How about your boy, John Wall? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, he's just, <laughs> god damn it. Oh, man. Johnny. The, the guy, the guy can't Put him catch there a break. Too. Yeah, he's, he, he like demands out of out of Washington. And then he ends up in the Rocket, at the, with the Rockets and just in an even worse situation than they are, than he was in Washington. Yeah, he's probably with Silas too. Like, I, like, man, I just wonder. I just wonder, you know, at what point in your career do you just get so used to losing that's like you don't even remember how to win anymore? Well, it's I just, feel like I feel like Wall has to be like knocking on that door. No. Yeah, and I think the same has to go for Beal. Like he's been leading the league in scoring oh. for the last couple of months, and it's like I'm playing on the Wizards, like. Russell Westbrook is a headache. Like, jeez, man. Like, I, I, I don't know. I feel bad. I uh, feel more bad for Beal. I would say, but yikes! Just a disaster. Disaster. All right. Tweet of the day. <whistles> I'm gonna go with Ian Mendez, and I was uh, texting you about this earlier in the week. Um, the whole situation with Gord Miller, one of our favorite uh, play-by-play announcers for the NHL, works for uh, TSN. Uh, basically was doing a Q&A with the fan base on Twitter, and someone asked him when he was going to join the Spit and Chicklets podcast, to which Gordon responded very politely, you know, like, I, I like the guys on Chicklets a lot, but I'm not interested in doing anything, any work with Barstool. And then, of course, by that response, all of a sudden, you know, Barstool fans all over the place started getting upset to mm-hmm. then to the point where then Gord Miller further defended his point saying, you know, I don't want to do anything with them because they're of their history of misogyny of their treatment of, you know, BI, BIPOC employees, like what, just the whole, the whole thing, like xenophobia, whatever you want to do it, everything that's been associated with Barstool. And then of course, you know, Dave Portnoy and everybody starts piling on Gord Miller and telling, you know, this retired plumber, I don't even know what the hell his name is, to attack Gord on Twitter. And, like, the bar, the Barstool Army came out and was, like, tweeting at his daughter 
telling her that her dad was like a piece of garbage. And I was just like, what the hell is going on here? Like, do you think that you're making yourself look good? Anyways, the tweet of the day is from Ian Mendez. Ian Mendez, um, and it says, anybody who uses their platform to stand against misogyny, racism, and xenophobia is my kind of person. Gordon Miller's thread yesterday was thoughtful and articulate, and I've got his back every day of the week. So glad to see another colleague of ours in Ottawa take a stand with Gord Miller. And to be quite frank, I think it was something that was kind of lacking in the Canadian media scene yesterday was the amount of people who were standing with Gord Miller as he was just getting absolutely berated online by all the barstool trolls. Not that he cared. He was basically like, I don't care about you guys at all. So F off. I'll go with Matt LaBelle at Matt LaBelle. He says, good morning. I had a dream last night. I was asked to sing the anthem at a Leafs game. I sang terribly, and people started booing and throwing food at me. I'm not sure what it all means. That's just, you know what? That's just the fear of a, a long break with no Leafs game. Like, once they get into the second period in Friday's game, you'll you'll feel, mu- feel much better, Matt. I'm stumbling yeah. today, man. Sorry, I just it's a turnaround. I was working until 3, so I apologize. I keep twisting my words today. It's all good, man. He was, uh, he was, he must have been really bad at singing in his dream, because... A, two takeaways for me, full stance at Scotiabank Arena while he was singing the anthem. So happy that uh, we've moved past our current state in in Matt's dream. Yeah. Uh, number two, he must have been absolutely dreadful if people were throwing, willing to throw $20 hot dogs at him at Scotiabank Arena. That's why I think whenever somebody like throws a beer or like some sort of food item at a yeah. pro sporting event, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, that like, thing costs like, a $20 slice bucks. of pizza. Yeah. Brennan, hey, no I'll one's gonna you. top no one's gonna top Martina Ortiz Louise because she's been crushing it on the mic for her anthem since well, I think she's been doing it since uh Matthews and Martin's rookie year, if I'm not mistaken. But she's Brennan, great. She's got great pipes. I'll tell you, I went to uh Meadowlands Stadium, or as I don't even know what it's called, like back in the day. I think it was just called the Meadowlands. It was uh where the the home of the New York Giants and also New York Jets in New Jersey. Anyways, it was the year that the Pats were undefeated. In the regular season, they were uh, 15-0, and and they were playing at the Meadowlands in Week 17 to go for the undefeated season. And I had tickets that my dad got through his company. I selfishly did not take my dad because he gave them to me, and I took a friend of mine because I'm an asshole, and I was like 18 years old. Anyways, so Fair. we go to this game, and I'm a noted Pats fan. I'm wearing a Pats jersey. I'm in like just the guzzled? lower bowl. What's that? Were you just guzzled? Oh, buddy, I was absolutely... <laughs> absolutely pickled like in one and i'm like down low in these stands and you know new york was kicking new england's ass all game that game until the fourth quarter and then the pats turned it on i remember there was uh one two plays in a row where tom brady tried to air it out to randy moss he overthrew him by about three yards and they came back to the exact same play again randy moss on the fade route down the sideline hit him connect for the touchdown they went up i stood stood up on my seat and turned around and started and started giving the touchdown symbol to nice. the whole fans at the Meadowlands. And buddy, there were things flying at me from every direction. That there is was beers, bold. there were slices of pizza, there was hot dogs, there were sausages, there was popcorn. And of course, none of it was hitting me. It was just hitting all the other fans, all the other New York fans, like in the in the surrounding area. So they were none too happy with me either. But like security wasn't pissed off at me really because it wasn't me throwing any of the items anyways that was just a personal anecdote about getting things thrown at you at sporting events so i can sympathize with matt 
And the Pats ended up winning the game. And then I had to sneak out the back door at Meadowland Stadium because the Giants fans were none too happy. That's one where you have to zip up your coat all the way before and take off your hat. Like, but when you're leaving yeah. the stadium, you got to uh, be people careful. In New Jersey. Yeah. You, you got to be careful with those away fans, man. I remember my dad's friend. He went to go see, I believe it was Crosby's rookie year. So, well, 506. He actually went to go see the Leafs play in Pittsburgh. So, super cool. I'd love to do that. And yeah. they were just roast. Like, the, I think the Leafs won like 5 1. Like, it was like Crosby's rookie. Like, 0506. I believe they finished in last place, the Penguins. So, they were just like. Leaf fans just in their section. Everyone was just dumbing the the Pens fans, just chirping away. And then I think my dad's friend, he was just wasting. He said something about the Steelers. So this was '06, I believe, that the year they won the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. And and everyone just went dead silent. And like a big guy turned to him, he's like, "You can chirp Pens all you want, buddy. Never chirp the Steelers." And he just sat right back down. And my dad's buddy just quiet <laughs> just tail tail between like, the legs. Like, don't don't mess with the Steelers. You could rip on. Uh, the Penguins, like, all you want, but never never even sniff or talk, talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, people take the NFL seriously down there. Oh, I yeah. remember back in the day, I was um, I was also in the Meadowlands. I went to a New Jersey-Ottawa Senators playoff game, and I took a Canadian flag. I, like, albeit, it's like I was a Leafs fan, but you know how the sort of identity, it's like you root for any Canadian team over any American team in the playoffs. Yeah. So we went to the Prudential Center. I think I was, like, 10 years old, and I had a Canadian flag, and some, like, 85-year-old woman asked if she could borrow my flag so she could wipe her ass in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like a 10-year-old oh kid God. at like a playoff game and this rude old woman from like Newark, New Jersey. Anyways. Oh, my God. What a disaster. Yeah, the, the, away, the away sporting events. I'm sure I've had some moments as well, which uh, I'm not too proud of. The go-to words on this podcast, teams. disaster and albeit. And waxed. Those are the top three. The, the, those are my top three for sure. Uh, you're up to anything for the rest of the day. You're heading to work right after this, right? Yeah, man. It's just a grind this week, but next week is going to be great. Got turning 26, so uh, oh, that'll be good to have some, some days off, buddy. Yeah, just uh, the second. That'll be your second COVID birthday. Yeah. Not to rub it in. I know. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, but, you're, you're a lucky guy. You got two of them. Yeah, it's the Jimmy VC here, man. It's got to be yeah. someone better wearing number 26. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what's going on. Yeah. Thanks for listening to episode 31 of Not Another Least Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at KStapon, at McCarthy 95 at LeafsPod, at HockeyPodNet. And we'll catch you next time.